KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We will talk with Mickey Spagnola in just one second. But yeah, 1053thefan.com slash peaceathon if you want to know. People are already asking for the auction site and everything like that. Now? And then you can just click through, uh, okay. click on the uh, make a bid portion of it. Let's give! Is that no, what you want? No, sorry. Uh, I, was, I thought now we were going to go to Mickey. I'm going to go to the uh, featured items page, Kevin. Okay. We're currently, we have the Matt Black, Micah Parsons autographed helmet along with two Cowboys tickets. That includes, I believe, Sweet. Or is that, that's game tickets. Yes. And t- field access two, before the game. Two pregame field passes, parking, and two tickets from the Cowboys. Yeah. So I would guess they'd be pretty good. We got a 2023 Rangers suite with the KNC Masterpiece. Oh, so we'll go gosh. hang out at a game with you in the Rangers suite. Uh, Mike Adams golf outing, a Luka Doncic autographed jersey donated by our own Rachel Ring. She's uh, the best. The stuffed stripper squirrel, um, which is already getting current bids. Kevin's personal card collection. Oh, yeah. A stack of assorted cards from Kevin. An uncirculated Sports Illustrated running uh, with the Mavs. A uh, Nick and Sam chef's tasting for six with wine pairings. Oh, man. Already has current bids up, by the way. That one is going to be incredible. I got that directly from Samir. The Goats graded cards, which is Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, (sighs) Mike. I want to tell you how much I threw up when I wrote that title. But it seemed like an easy way to sell it. But having it's also fact. I it's still <laughs> how many times has a fact made you throw want to throw off though? Like um, it ha- it happens to all of us. Anytime yeah. the word Dwayne Wade's in there, yeah. There's there are a bunch of really other like Unless cool items different. like a garage door opener from Tolbert Garage. They'll install that. Yes. It's a Chamberlain garage door opener. It's fantastic. And they've done that for us before. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Hipster art is available as well. So the hipsters are who we're raising money for anyway. And they have some fantastic artwork and artists inside of the, the school and on the campus. And Kevin has a piece. I have a couple of different pieces of the hipster art as well uh, in my house. So they're they're really worthwhile of having and donating for that purpose. I made a strategic error oh, no. on that. Is I requested that we take the buy it now off of that. Uh-huh. I wish I had not. Because wanted I to- wanted to buy <laughs> Those are incredible. Like, I, I'm not kidding you. I, we have one of those in our house right now. A uh, We have a, a tour and tasting for four at Acre Distilling in Fort Worth. Uh, fantastic whiskeys and all sorts of different spirits out there as well. Go check them out. Uh, we have, oh man, it just popped up, Kevin. A set of five Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl replica rings. I just, th- this just went in. It looks like uh, Adrian just put this up on the site. I just got those yesterday from Louisville Comics. So Louisville Comics also donated an oversized upper deck autograph card from Emmett Smith and a 24 by 36 Troy Aikman poster that is autographed as well. And if you're digging all of those and you're like, hey, can you tell me one more sports bit real quick? Can I give some people another thing to look forward sure. to beyond Peaceathon, The biggest game in college football thus far this season, Michigan and Ohio State. That will now be on 105.3 The Fan, a triple header of college football on Saturday. Pre-game starts at 1030. That game will kick off at 11 o'clock. I have no doubt. Man, my that- head looks super big on this piece of <laughs> thing because I, I had to get put on y'all's picture because we didn't take this picture together, right? We weren't together for this picture, were we? 
I don't. They took individual photos yeah. then impo- and then put us in, yeah, superimposed us. Yeah. I have a seven and an eighth head, by the way. Which isn't normal. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's actually a little small. Oh. But not, but not that small. The, oh, go, go ahead, Kevin. Good question from the 214. Mike, if Dwayne Wade would donate $10,000 to my possibilities, would you accept it? Yes, okay. as long as I don't have to talk to him or meet him or anything. <laughs> he wants oh, to man. meet you, though. He wants to talk to you. He's like, I want to meet Mike Bassick. I'll listen. I'll just sit there and be like, I can't stand you. But I won't say that. I'll just be in my head. Oh. Just like I can't stand the way Jason Kidd is coaching the Mavericks this year. But I still hope he gets it fixed. The I did want to add this, too, Kevin. Um, our, she's a Tolo. And and she's also a fantastic chef that Mike and I have Ooh, yeah. uh, have been to her restaurants before. We can't say her name or can we? Blythe Blythe Beck. Blythe, yeah, she's is awesome. black now. She's married and is it changed? Anyway, Blythe. Oh, she's changed her last name. Celebrity chef catered dinner with four. For four with the masterpiece. So us and our significant others, right? Plus you and another couple can have dinner. Served to you a five course meal by a celebrity chef who was on Beat Bobby Flay and so much more. That's uh, that's on page two of the auction items. Lots of different things you can check out. There. I I am actually very excited about this, <laughs> and I did not realize it would be with our significant other until I jumped on the page, and I was like, oh yeah, actually that does yeah, sound so pretty Jess cool. Jess has to go, or Noah can go instead. Jess is super pumped, okay. <laughs> so don't take her away from this. Ruben, let's go ahead and fire off cut number six because here's all I know. When we were on air, the United States scored a goal. And then when G-Bag was on air, Wales scored a goal. Here is the goal that the United States scored yesterday. Polisic on the run. Polisic has Wea. Polisic rolls it in. Tim Wea! That was amazing. That happened during our show. We were all super pumped. We were all super pumped. But then it ended up in a draw. We will talk about more about that if you're excited that they got the draw because it keeps the World Cup hopes alive about advancing or you're disappointed in a game they dominated. They had to settle for the draw right now. Brought to you by Ford. Built for Texas. Built for you. It is our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Sorry I'm a tad late. Mike McCarthy going on and on. No, I was sitting at my desk and I was going... Why do I have so much time before I do the next thing? <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. got radio to do. Well, clearly I will take my wrath out on our producer, not you, so don't worry about <laughs> it. I'm just kidding, Ruben. I'm just kidding. All right. So, Mickey, just know that you're going to have to bring your A game tomorrow because we're going to be on for 13 and a half hours. I understand. And uh, do I have my same slot? Yes. Or do I have to move around no, for all the I, grand guests you'll have? You know what? Big and day. Very big day. It is a big day. We're going to have Micah Parsons, Michael Irvin, Flula, Charlotte Jones, Bianca Belair, Zach Lowe, and a bank robber. All, all part of the extravaganza. So that is the company that you get to keep tomorrow, mm, Mickey. No Jonas Brothers? Man. Um, you know what? Next year. Baby, you light up my world like nobody <laughs> Wrong band. Wrong band, Mike. That is uh, One Direction. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I still am not good at those songs because I really was like, oh, yeah, is that one of their songs? Good for them. Well, get Mike to get them on. Yeah, Mike, do you have an in with the Jonas Brothers? 
I think one of the Jonas Brothers played in the Dirk Nowitzki charity yeah. baseball game, but I didn't get his phone number at it. Okay. Well, you kind of let us down there, but that's okay, Mike. <laughs> and now I feel like Mickey is really disappointed at our guest list now. He's like, oh, what about the Jonas Brothers? So I am sad about no, that. No, I was going to the top, right? Oh, that's a good point. Well, we did get Micah, so that's That's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, I wanted so, so I'm same same time slot for yeah, me. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I Very think you're good. good. I think you're good. Is did you feel like? And I know we talked about this a little bit. Did you feel like there was anything to be gained or discerned about the run defense from Sunday's game, or did you just beat the team into submission that they couldn't really run the ball? And I get that scoring on the seven first seven possessions is a great game plan, but one likely not to be replicated. Yeah, I I think the. You know, the key thing, I mean, if you looked at it, it seemed like for a couple games in a row, they were giving up five, six yards of carry. So they reduced it to 4.3. So that, that, that was a step in the right direction. And they really only gave up one big run. I think Cook had a 17, 18-yard run. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, they had to grind away. So Cook ends up with... Uh, you know, he did have 11 carries for 72 yards. Yeah, but I didn't feel overwhelmed by Yeah, you did not, and it wasn't run after run after run. But it, if if they were going to have a blueprint on how to stop the run, well, then get an early lead, right, and then start stopping it to the point where it's not third and two, it's third and eight. Uh, and, and so... Uh, you have a little bit better opportunity because, you know, when they were having trouble stopping the run, third down was a running down uh, for opponents, for the Bears and the Packers, right? Uh, so I think it it seemed better. I, I don't know that it was good enough if you didn't have the lead, uh, but uh, I thought it was at least a step in the right direction. Let's put it that way. I saw the defensive line keeping – offensive line off their linebackers yeah. to the point where, you know, I know everybody complains about Leighton Vanderesh because he makes, you know, tackles five yards down the field. Well, he was stepping into open holes to make tackles because he didn't have a 320-pound tackle uh, in his face the whole game the way it had been. So I thought that was an improvement also. Uh, and the fact that, you know, Damone Clark was the other, other linebacker when they wanted to put – Micah Parsons on the line of scrimmage, uh, and I think the more he plays, I think you see him playing better also. Is is Damone Clark the coolest story of the season? Because this is somebody who had spinal surgery, and I'm thinking— Well, well vertebrae surgery. Vertebrae surgery. Okay. You, if you have spinal surgery, you're in trouble if your spine's busted, right? V- vertebrae surgery <laughs> for <laughs> neck and spinal issues. The fact that he's back, let alone playing, it, I'm still kind of amazed by it. Yeah, and, you know, I, I remember, you know, when they kind of— uh, you know, put him on whatever list they did, and it was like, well, yeah, maybe by December he can play, and I'm going, hmm, I don't know about that. I think between him and Brett Maher, probably you would, you could, you know, have a nice discussion on which one's the better story. That's a good point. And it was remember just, Maher yeah. wasn't here to start training camp, and he wasn't with anybody during the off season. And and I and he showed up 
what, a week or two in the training camp, probably two weeks in the training camp, and had to win a kickoff just to compete for the starting job. And I think you brought up a great point. When he won that job, the general reaction was a big, giant meh. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, okay. Right? Yeah. You know, and one of the reasons why, you know, he won it uh, initially was – it was a close call, but his kickoffs were better. And I'm going, oh, okay, well, what about field goals? And uh, now we get the rest of that story, right? Which, by the way, interesting talking to him uh, yesterday. They didn't get a chance after the game. I, I asked him, I said, so did you hear a whistle before you kicked the first 60-yarder? And he goes, no. And it's like, so – and he – the whistle didn't come from the head referee. It didn't come from the back judge. It didn't come from the two guys under the goalpost, that motion that it was good. So somebody on the sideline must have got the call down from wherever it came from, either the replay referee or NFL. Oh, we better look at this. But, you know... I timed it. They had a minute and 51 seconds from the end of the catch to when he kicked the ball to call down. Who was asleep at the wheel? How did you time it, though? Did you have a stopwatch or was it on your phone or like a watch? How did you do that? On the replay. Okay. All right. Because it's got the timer at the bottom. We we have the theory that somebody was heating up their lunch in the microwave <laughs> and they walked away and, and then, then said, were, Oh wait, I better go oh, look crap. at this. And somebody was feeding. And Corey, by the way, there was a thirty second timeout too okay. in there. Gotcha. I just wanted to know how we were keeping track of no, time no. here. That that is totally fine. Let me ask you real quick, Mickey, how do you feel about penalty kicks in soccer? Yeah. You know what? It's Somebody might say, well, it's like a free throw in basketball. Right. But it isn't because one point in basketball is pretty marginal to one goal in in God, the Mavericks don't want that. We would lose everything (laughs) if it was a free throw competition. And I'll also tell you, Robert Lewandowski in Poland are very sad right now as Mexico comes up with a huge stop on the PK, even though the United States got jobbed on a PK yesterday. The goalie was definitely the wall on that it's. I mean, it's such an unfair thing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. At, at least, I at least that. in hockey, you have a chance on a on a penalty shot, right? Yeah, I like the way they used to do in the high schools, the run up a little bit more. Um, well, Mexico did stop the penalty kick, so good on him for well, that. Well, that guy almost stopped it yesterday. He yeah. got his hand on it, didn't he? He did. He or he almost did. That was a hell of a strike, though. So yeah, I was still bummed about that. All right, well, we, that, that's why I think when they when they get to in soccer. They decide after overtime penalty kicks. Yeah. I, I just think that's unfair. Yeah, I know soccer purists hate that very, very much. Thank you very much, good sir. We'll catch up with you again tomorrow. All right, and I'll try to be here on time. That would be lovely, Mickey. Uh, we're, you guys. The, we're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Hector Moreno got called for the yellow card. Poland gets the PK. Lewandowski, a two-time Fancy Balloon Award winner. He, I know that's, that's not, not I know not that's not what it's really called. Gets stopped, and Mexico is still in this thing. Can I tease? Do it. Mike, ask all the football questions next. Can you run an entire hour tomorrow again, too? Yeah. That was super fun last year. For sure. You just name the hour, and I got it, dude. On it. All right. Hey, 
What makes Philadelphia better than Dallas? Ooh. Next. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan, and it's time for Mike Assall, the football questions. All right, I'm excited about this, and don't feel like you guys have to move quickly because okay. I think these are great discussions, and this Mike Assall, the football questions is very Dallas Cowboys-centric. Okay. Here. My first question is, yesterday you guys had Philadelphia as the number one team in your power rankings in the NFC, and you had Dallas number two. My question to you guys is what makes Philadelphia better than Dallas? I think they have they have more wins. I I was going to put it in terms of they have been more consistent. I wonder if you think they have an advantage at off on the offensive line. Not a big advantage, mind you. But I, I wonder about that. And so, yeah, that's what I would go with. They've they've had their quarterback all year. I, Which uh, helps. That is a huge factor in why the Cowboys, I mean, didn't win that game specifically. The, the, the first game of the season, they looked bad because Dak didn't look prepared to play against Tampa Bay. I mean, that's how the offense looked like it yeah, didn't I'd know what it was doing. the whole offense, right? The yeah. offensive line was yeah. bad. Dak was bad. The defense was good. Bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The uh, but the the I mean plainly they've had their quarterback all year and that quarterback came into the season with something to prove and I think like he's really he's re- they really refined what that offense is but right. I think the more more importantly like they just had their quarterback all year I'm gonna get more specific here with these questions because I, I think there because I have Dallas ahead of Philadelphia barely I think it's a coin flip I understand what you guys. Who's a better quarterback, Hertz or Dak, in your mind? Okay. And just for 2022, not for their career. And I'm not, I swear, I'm not trying to agitate anybody. Okay. Just right now, if you look at 2022, you have to say that Jalen Hurts has been the okay. better quarterback. However, what I will say to balance that out is... I think there's still room and time for... I think Dak is the better quarterback. Okay. Just, but in this space, in this season, Jalen Hurts has been better. Go ahead, Corey. Yes. I agree with that because we've had more to see from Jalen Hurts for sure. Uh, I think Dak's the better quarterback. Okay. And I don't think there's... I, don't, I really I think, think it's there's, a great discussion. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of separation there still. Jalen has made a tremendous leap from last year. To I agree. Like, this is this kind of goes back to again Dak's history. We go with Dak early, and you're like, okay, plays well within the system. All these things. Can he take another leap? And he does. And you're like, oh wow, that's impressive. And he takes another one. You're like, wow. And then maybe he caps at a certain area. And I think Jalen will cap at a place. I don't okay. think he's going to be Mahomes, but I think that he's he's kind of right there in that range of like eight to eight to twelve, thirteen kind of quarterback. Who has the better running game? And the reason I say that is because Jalen Hurts is a major part of Philadelphia's yeah. running game. So I can't say running backs. I, I still say the Cowboys. Man, it was interesting seeing Dak ran multiple times on plays that they Indeed. designed for him to run on, and I was and somebody like I can't this guy that I follow on Twitter. I was like, this is crazy to hold your breath every time Dak uh, runs just because he had a freak accident a couple of years ago. No, I don't think it is. Every time I see Dak run, I'm like, don't get hurt, please. I love Cooper Rush, but I don't want it. I don't want Dak out there. So, so I, I still think that Zeke and Tony Pollard are a better, better combo than them. Let me make sure I have this right. We're split on the quarterback situation. You lean towards Jalen Hurts, and Corey, you lean towards Dak Prescott. Yep. 
Right now, we are sorry, you guys both lean towards Dallas having the better running game? Yep. All right. Wide receivers or pass catchers, if you want to include, because I'm going to include the tight ends. Who has the better weapons to catch the ball? Well, going forward, Goddard's not there. Yeah, and they said he'll be back at some point. I just, I, I'll give a very slight edge to the quality over the quantity because the one-two punch of Brown and Devontae Smith is in this moment more impressive than CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. However, if it evolves into, you know, Tony Pollard doing the some of the same stuff that he did on Sunday. It's interesting. I, I'll, I, and I'm going to try to pitch that tomorrow. Or Odell got, Beckham Jr. joining the team. That is that is a very great point. Are you going to try and pitch that to Kellen Moore? Hell yeah, I am. Tomorrow? I'm, more Tony? Yeah. I'm going to put together the case that, hey... Make this happen and good things happen. Tony Pollard is one of your best receiving it's options. It's a fact. So right now, and this is the, th- the second thing. So again, advantage Philadelphia. But if you remember, same thing I said with the quarterback. I see the path to the Cowboys taking this advantage and overthrowing Philly for sure. Yeah, I, I think Philadelphia, A.J. Brown, that connection they have there. I'm and with Smith. you guys yeah. on this. Uh, so I think that they have the better pass catchers. Uh, I lean towards Dax a little bit better than Jalen Hurts. The running game is so close that it's tough because Jalen Hurts is such a major threat, and you're not expecting him to run when he drops True. back to pass. And that makes, uh, you know, somewhat I'll lean towards advantage Philadelphia, even though I like Tony Pollard and and uh, Zeke. It's very close. Uh, and then I lean towards, hey, Philadelphia has the better weapons when it comes to outside uh, and now I go to the defense, and I'm just going to split this into two categories. Run defense, Philadelphia, right? Sure. It's not close. Sure. How about pass defense? Yeah, I would argue the exact same thing. Is okay. Dallas has the most dominating pass defense that we have seen in a long time. Yep, yep. the Dallas pass defense is superior. So then you're kind of split there, as in they have the better run defense, you have the better pass defense. You have the better pass rush, right? I believe the Cowboys have the best pass rush in the NFL. They have the best pass rush in the NFL. And if you just look at historic. Yeah, if you look at stats, this is the best one in 10 years. And I think the second best start they've ever had from a sack perspective. Now, keep in mind, that starts in the 80s. So I I know there's complex stuff happening. It's obviously, I think, very close to go 1-2 with Dallas-Philadelphia on who you think is better right now and then better position in the playoffs and i would say philadelphia is most likely you're gonna have to go through philadelphia because they only have one loss you're you're probably gonna have to win out to I, to get that home field advantage i will say this take this for what you will uh, cowboys have an advantage on special teams as well oh okay yeah. i have a question okay Do, did we say run defense that the eagles are better we did i but they're, I think they, the cowboys are but, so bad okay they it. suck too at run defense yeah do you know what their average per carry is against them? It's like four and a half yards. Four six. Yeah, it's you know pretty what the Cowboys bad. is four seven. Four seven. So They've not, given not up nine bad. rushing touchdowns. The Cowboys have only given up five rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I think we have a better okay. run defense. Oh, okay. So We've given up what four hundred more yards. After this like conversation, <laughs> Corey, would you change Dallas to being better than Philadelphia? I get the records. But. I think Dallas is better than Philadelphia. The, they beat us. I mean, they, and it wasn't decisively, yeah. really, honestly. I mean, yeah. you had Cooper Rush on the field. I think the Cowboys are came into this season as the better team and still are the better team. But 
Philadelphia has shown the world that they can be what their record is, and that's what that their record is what they are right now. In my brain, when you first asked this question, I was thinking that Philadelphia is three to five percent better than Dallas. Okay. So I, I think the margin is very close. My next question, based off of Monday night football, yesterday, Kevin, you had 49ers at three. Corey, you had the 49ers outside your top four in the NFC. What are your thoughts on the 49ers now after watching them play Monday night football? I moved them up, and I moved the Vikings to five, and I moved the Seahawks to four. And so I moved the Niners up to three, and they could very easily make their way up to one. Okay. I... The 49ers are three, and this is the part that might seem confusing. That is the team I least want to play. I hear what you're saying. That's the team I picked to win the Super Bowl. I'm re-ranking my teams. As yesterday I said Dallas won in Philadelphia, too. I'm going 49ers one, Dallas two, Philadelphia three. Wow. And also I believe that at the end of the year, 49ers are going to win their division. So they're going to get a home game to start the playoffs off. And that, I think, helps them in their path to the Super Bowl. So I think right now the 49ers are going to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, look, after last night, it's tough to argue. I'm hoping that Seattle can pull it out and San Francisco will be stuck in the same boat because we should have a better record than the 49ers. And I'm really hoping somehow the Cowboys don't play the 49ers in the playoffs. I think that's a horrible matchup. I could see that. All right, my next question. This goes back to the Dallas Cowboys. With Tyron Smith coming back, in a couple of weeks, he's not playing Thursday. And he won't play. And he, I, and I he don't won't think play he'll the play. Next. Yeah. All right. Let's say this works out. For, I'll ask this first question, and then this will be the end of my football questions, even though I have more. How many games do you think Tyron Smith plays in the regular season, and is he completely healthy and ready to go for the playoffs? I think three. That is he ex- plays three regular exactly season games and is no. good for the playoffs. No. And he's not good for the playoffs. I think he's dinged up for the playoffs. All right, so let me ask. Let me then throw out the most positive thing I'm going to say about the Dallas Cowboys here. Tyron Smith, let's just say it works out. He plays the three regular season games, and he plays great, and he plays great in the playoffs, and you make it to the NFC Championship game. I won't go further than that, but let's just say you go that far. If it works out and Tyron Smith wants to play football again next year, do you say, hey, we got – Tyler Smith to play your position. You're not going to play till after Thanksgiving. You're actually for what's best for you and what's best for our team is you don't play until December. So yes, you're on the team. We're going to pay you all this money. It worked out in a way that you played great in the playoffs. You played great in the games that where we needed playoff positioning and everything. So Tyron Smith, at the way your body works, we can't have you do training camp. We can't have you play in September, October, and November. What we're going to do is we're going to prepare you to play in December and January. All right, so I I see where you're going with very that. Very Roger Clemens, Houston Astros it's of me. Very, it's very – it's anti what Mike McCarthy likes – Mike McCarthy likes offensive line lines that have played together. And I think he would want that group of five that has played together the most on the field together during the playoffs. So I, I, I understand what you're trying to accomplish there. I don't, it's what it goes against what Mike McCarthy preaches. So I, I don't think it's the best thing for it. Get put Tyron out there and just let him, let him play. And if he stays healthy, man, that's great for us. I'm trying a different tactic. I'm telling everyone in the organization to shut their effing mouths and I quietly see what the trade value is for Tyron Smith. 
Because that was the problem with Next Amari year? Cooper. Yeah. Okay. Because everybody in the world knew that you were willing to move off of him. And that's why he didn't get anything for him. So I would just gauge the interest. Great discussion. My last thing that I had is, did you know the Cowboys have given up the least amount of points in the NFL at 167? If you look at just the NFC, which I think points given up might give you a better indicator of where teams are at. Second is San Francisco. Third is Tampa Bay. Fourth is Philadelphia. If you go for points four in the NFC, it's Philadelphia one, Atlanta two, Seattle three, and Dallas four. Wow, that is a that is a good combination, and you're right. So while everyone was burying this defense for one off week, they are the best defense in the NFL in terms of points allowed this season. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy. This might kind of fall under a Mike Ask the Football Questions kind of deal. Both divisions have been great, but which East is the best East? We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Samuel gets it. Trent Williams out in front of him. Are you blocking? Debo. End zone touchdown. What a play. No flags. Another one for San Francisco. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan as Mike has apparently already started a <laughs> bidding war over I have no idea what. It's at the Acre Distilling Company in Fort Worth. Ah. Said I just got a notification on my phone. You've been outbid. Ready for this? Confirm you've been outbid. Oh, wow. They have great spirits, by the way. Maybe the best gin I've ever had. Fantastic whiskey. Set a well. max bid? No, thanks. I'm just going to keep outbidding you. <laughs> okay. That's that's what I'm here for, I do want to point this out real quick. That's fun. Like, if like you guys love eBay. Y'all oh play the God, eBay yeah. game all the time. You're watching yeah. stuff. Adrian, she's the one kind of in charge of the website. My wife, she's yes. in charge of what's going on. She's the the, the gatekeeper for all those things. Ooh. This is her favorite time. She loves to watch the prices of the bids and all that as it goes along throughout the day. And then as because our listeners are so passionate about what we're passionate about, too, she like gets the like people get excited about this. So it's a lot of fun. And she starts making up stories in her head about stuff that Mike just said oh about how God. Mike's like, oh, really? I'll show you. And oh, she's yeah? like, <laughs> that does happen sometimes on eBay. Then I win. I'm like, ooh, I bid more than I kind of wanted to, but I just wanted to win. But this time it's for charity. So yes. go ahead and let your pride take. Yep. over yeah. is Corey I'm going to try really hard not to do that this year because like for the last four years I have become obsessed with I know. Like staring at those numbers I watch you all day and yeah it is not healthy so you don't me. want me to tell you you don't want nope. me to update don't you throughout the day all right do I will it. keep update track me. of it I will, yeah. <laughs> I will I'll update Mike. I'll just be like blah 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 <laughs> blah I put my fingers in my ears all right right now it's time to go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, he can't, he can't talk. Ruben can't talk, so he couldn't dip. I mean, normally he is capable of talking, but he has laryngitis right now, so. You know what that's like? Yeah, yes, yes, I do. So maybe <laughs> me doing these reads today is not the best idea. Oh, where's the PK from Mexico? This is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, exactly. See, Ruben How gets it. How much did Poland pay these yeah, refs? Yeah, we got jobs. Oh, I can't guy. believe Dinwiddie doesn't get calls anymore. Yeah. Maybe stop calling out Tony Brothers publicly. That is probably a good idea. Now, we played the Debo Samuel cut from last night. It was once we got 
past the first quarter, it turned into an utter destruction. Like, it, the first quarter, very blah, run of the mill. I was hoping that Arizona was going to win. When they took the 3-0 lead, I was like, hey, let's get this done. Let's push San Francisco as far away from this as possible. At least put them in the wild card. Mm-hmm. Because I believe the Cowboys will have the best wild card record. And so I'm like, that's fine. So then if you ever have to play San Francisco, you'll have to come to our field. I don't think that would be likely at that point, but that would be better case scenario. But San Francisco took the rest of the game and whipped the crap out of the Cardinals. Healthy George Kittle, healthy Debo Samuel, healthy Christian McCaffrey. This is scary. This is going to be a very difficult team to play. Uh, their defense, I mean, you already know what their defense lines up with, and they're pretty good. That's why I thought Trey Lance was set up for just such huge success. Agreed. Now, I'm not sure, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's doing what he does. He kind of, as long as you don't yeah, lose the game, yesterday, right, eventually. we'll win. And the, so, by the way, they are right now considered the division winner with tiebreakers. I'm, I'm telling you, I just wanted to point one thing out, and there's a lot of football left to play, is after their game against the Saints, and that whole thing is a catastrophe, is they host the Dolphins, host the Bucks at the Seahawks, host the Commanders, back to back to back to back. Yeah! That, that's a tough stretch right there. That is huge. I think for the Cowboys playoff run, you need San Francisco to not being a division winner. You. Yes. The I will say this, Kevin. I, I don't know if y'all ever played any of the audio uh, from the interview with McVay and what those no. guys. The conversation, though, it was Shanahan that said this. Shanahan's the one that said, regarding running quarterbacks, look, I think athletes are always going to be great, and it's always going to be important to have those guys that can do those things. And it really, at the end of the day, it's who has the piece of chalk in their hand to drop that last play uh, whenever all things are equal. But as great of a runner that it can be, it can be stopped. At some point, you're at some point, a quarterback, a really good, great quarterback, <laughs> has to stand in the pocket and deliver big throws, big time yeah. throws. Yeah, you're right. We've seen Jimmy not do it before. Has he learned anything that can show that he can do it in the future? That's in the playoffs. I'm not as scared of Jimmy uh, as I, as I am during the regular season. That is very fair. This is a great point because I did see this from the two one four. The 49ers won because. Pentagon Penta El Cerro used to be known as the wrestler Pentagon. He gave his mask to George Kittle, and that was the key to the victory right there. He's an awesome wrestler, by the way. All right, let's go from that to which East is the best East? So, AFC East, 26 and 14, all four of their teams in the top eight. NFC East, 29 and 12, all four of their teams in the top eight. Here's the breakdown of the teams. Miami, Buffalo, both seven and three. New England, the Jets, both six and four. In the NFC East, Philly, nine and one. Giants and Cowboys, seven and three. And Washington, six and five. In terms of quality, I know the records say slight edge to the NFC East, but in terms of quality, especially going into the playoffs, which who do you give the advantage to? I, I agree with this person from the 9-4-0, Plano East. That's the best East. Is that Historically, not? that is inaccurate. <laughs> oh, no. Why are you taking shots at Plano East? I mean, look. Hey, Plano East, win a UIL team state title and then hit <laughs> me back. Because I did like 18 stories about how this was going to be the one in their history of heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Back, back to, to you, Mike. Mike. Then Jimmy King ran into Greg Ostertag. Yes. <laughs> Pretty um, much. 
I lean towards the NFC East, and I never thought I would be saying that this season before the season started or even four weeks into the season. But I think Buffalo's the best team out of all of them, my okay. opinion. I get their record isn't, but I, I think that they have the best chance to win it all out of all the teams. But Miami, very good. I think the same caliber of team as Philadelphia and Dallas. New England and the New York Jets, I'm not crazy about. I'm also not crazy about the Giants, and I'm not crazy about Washington. But I'll lean towards the NFC East. I'll give the the East uh, credit for what they've been able to accomplish with the better record. Buffalo's the best team out of all eight. But then I think two and three are Dallas, Philadelphia. Four is Miami. Miami. Yeah, no, I would be inclined to agree with that. I think you have two of the better defenses in the NFC East, uh, as well as two of the top five offenses in the NFL. Uh, so I'll think, and I'll take the Cowboys, Eagles, and those. And I think you have you know two. F- fantastically fun offenses in the Dolphins and Bills. I don't love their the, the, the Dolphins defense that much, though, so I don't kind of put them there. So I would take the NFC East as well. I think the rest of the division is looking a little bit better than the rest of the AFC East. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Jets, I'm, I don't know. I don't understand them. Uh, and the Patriots, like, they, I think they still have problems understanding what they are, but Bill Belichick's a good enough coach to get that team to 6-4 right now. New England won that game. They scored zero offensive touchdowns. All right? they Their, their touchdown was on a punt return. What's interesting is the last place teams in both divisions have quarterbacks that the rest of the team hate in Zach Wilson and Carson Wentz. The good news for the commanders is they have a different quarterback that they can go and plug in in Taylor Heineke, they which they did. They love Taylor Heineke, too. A- absolutely. And, we, and the Cowboys love Taylor Heineke as well. They love to sack him. Yeah. Or I'm pressure look, him. I'm looking forward to that. Or All right. sack him. Let's go on the injury front. Matthew Stafford did go back into the concussion protocol. So, obviously, I know we've talked about how much he has left as a player. Hopefully, he is okay. And then we thought that this would probably be the case when they talked about a sp- an MCL sprain for Kyle Pitts. The Falcons did go ahead and put him on injured reserve. So he'll be out for the, at least the next four weeks. And this is a Falcons team that may be unlikely. They're still trying to hope they can make the playoffs as well. Yeah, I think I have like a $20 bet with uh, Dutch on that, by the way. On them, Are com- you- on them coming out of the NFC South. Oh, okay. Which I still think that that's possible. I think they're they they have a they have a fun weird team except for the Pitts thing. Like that is bad. Now for Justin Fields, he has a dislocated left shoulder. Unless he doesn't, and so oh, like Dinwiddie. This has turned into a dispute where some sources inside the Bears say he has a dislocated shoulder. Others say he does not. I would lean towards he does not, as Matt Eberflus said, he's day-to-day and that he could absolutely still play on Sunday in the game where, keep this in mind, neither team might start their starting quarterback with the Bears and Jets. Um, So I know this sounds weird, but maybe a dislocated shoulder isn't something that keeps you from, especially if it's your non-throwing shoulder. Sure. Because here's, the, and this is my own experience i remember seeing my friend's dad in a softball game in a very important softball tournament throw from center field as he's throwing his arm comes out of socket 
And then oh, he walks no. over to a bar and hangs on it, and then all of a sudden it's back in place and he's back out on the field. Oh, yeah. And so, like, and we've seen Mel Gibson do this. Um, I've always wondered about doing that in real life. And now he was throwing underhand after that for the rest of the game. But I do wonder if it's if it's something that's more just about the pain and not it's not going to affect him that much. That's why I think it's day-to-day. It may have been separated in the game, and he popped it back in, and he was like, all right, everything's fine Dislocated, right, right? Cause yeah. Because that's what I was worried about. Dinwiddie was like, dang, did he separate his shoulder? And he dislocated yeah. it. And I know that you relocate it in the right spot yeah. immediately, but I just wonder how easy is it to dislocate it again? again? As in, like, when Justin Fields plays on Sunday, I'm just wondering when it is able to pop out of socket – how easy is it able to pop out of socket again, where I think that the first time it would be more difficult. The longer it stays in socket, I don't know this. I'm not a doctor, obviously. I just married one, thank God. Is <laughs> That is a valid question. Is like how long do, until like you feel like it's it'll stay located even though it kind of gets jolted a little bit? That is a good question. His status for Sunday to be determined. Same for Jamar Chase, who they have announced is returning to the practice field. We'll see how how far that progresses. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, are Kid and Wood saying and doing the right things, or is this already a real problem? We'll do it next right here in The Fan.